Welcome to Wake the Bear Radio with your host, Brandon Johnson, Chris Hustle, and Ron Power. Coming to you from Malawi, <laughs> Malawi, <laughs> Africa. Chris Hustle. <laughs> with your host, I love it. Yeah. So anyways, uh, just Chris and I tonight, Ron is out of the town. He's a little bit on the other side of the world, um, probably resting tonight, probably mm-hmm. asleep right now. But he is in Malawi, Africa uh, with eight, his to offer H2O. And they are doing a variety of amazing medical ministry over there, uh, bringing hundreds of doctors over there to uh, care for the people who are just under, under, underserved, underprivileged. Yeah. And uh, he's been doing that for probably 10 years now. Ron's been there a bunch of times. They're also showing um, the Passion movie that he edited into, Eng- wow. into the Malawi language. So um, we just bless you, Ron, and on your mission over there. Excited for what you're doing. Um, we're actually glad you can't be with us because you're doing uh, the Lord's work on that side of the uh, that side of the globe. So, yeah. Yeah, as John Wimber would say, he's doing this stuff. He's praying for people and he's serving people and he's not just talking about it. So, Ron, when you watch this, we're praying for you and we can't wait for you to get back. But God bless you while you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing man. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, we can brag on him when he's not here. He's Mm -hmm. out every Saturday uh, washing clothes for the homeless Mm -hmm. in his mobile washing machine van. Uh, He's his to offer washing machine van. He. He washes their clothes and tells them about mm-hmm. the love of God and just prays with them and ministers to them. And just to talk about if you're going to wash people's feet like they did mm-hmm. back in the time of Jesus. Today, the, the equivalent would be washing people's clothes. So, um, yeah, we're just, we're just honored to work with Ron. And, um, yeah, but we got a lot going on today. Like, this is an amazing week. It's a great week. It's a great news cycle. But you were gone last week, weren't you? Uh, yes, I was. I was gone for about four days in Lynchburg, Virginia, and I was with a bunch of pastors called uh, Liberty Pastors. It was an actual training camp um, where pastors from all over the nation came together and talked about what is the role of the church during this period of time that we're in right now. So this is uh, this is my big binder that I had from the Liberty Training Pastors. Oh, my. Um, following Christ in every area of life. Um, it was, I, I gotta tell you, uh, it was so wonderful being on Liberty University campus in Lynchburg, Virginia. It just made me feel so great about the hope for the nation, a hope for the church. There were 12,000 young people wow. in a stadium doing their normal two times a week um, worship services, their chapels. They called it convocation. And it, you know, a full on basketball stadium holds 12,000 people, they were full. And uh, all these kids flood in there. They're filled with the spirit. They're worshiping Jesus with all their might. Um, they flood out and then go to their classes. Um, it was just really an awesome event. But I was there to do a, uh, a worldview training camp with pastors. I was basically went back to seminary for four straight days wow. and lectures. And the, the major thrust of this, this camp was really to um, teach people, teach pastors specifically, about what their role is. And one of the things they said over and over again is what part of your life is Jesus not Lord over? Mm-hmm. And a lot of pastors like to say, well, you know, um, we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about governance. We don't, we get out, we're not involved in media. Mm-hmm. Like, no, the Bible's very clear. We are to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And that's including, you know, all of the mountains of culture of those nations. Wow. 
And so a lot of pastors will just kind of stay out of the battles that were going on, cultural battles. And I really believe we need to be in there. And we're seeing um, the enemy really push against us. And we need to really step into fighting back against you know, his plans. Um, but then, you know, we talked about things like the proper roles of government, um, you know, self, family, church, yeah. civic government, and where they interact and where they're separate. Um, one of the ones I liked the best was probably um, Dan Fisher reviewing about Romans chapter 13, which is a passage in the scriptures that a lot of people misinterpret. And they use it as a reason for why mm -hmm. the church should submit unlimitedly, you know, without limitation to the government. And that's not how Paul meant it when he mm -hmm. wrote Romans 13. It's misinterpreted over, over and over and over again. And really, um, Paul was saying that you are, you are to submit to the government because they are there for the common good. But if they're not there for the common good, then that's not necessarily true because we ah. have a long history in the Christian tradition of rebelling against tyrants, including yeah. Egypt, you know, the, 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 the women who were um, birthing the, Hebrew, the Hebrew children didn't mm -hmm. kill the babies. They choose not to. You've got um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't bow to the false that's idol. Right. Daniel didn't stop praying, even though he's commanded to stop the prayers for 30 days. He didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So we have a long history of Hebrew and Christian tradition. You talking Yeah, about the Maccabees. They the Maccabees were like, oh, wow. they went, they went uh, full out uh, knife and gun club. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, <laughs> there was a lot of other people like Dr. Dr. King who stood, mm -hmm. he said, you know, an unjust law is no law at all. So we have a history that, uh, in our Christian tradition of standing up the, the doctrine of mm -hmm. interposition, not following laws of, uh, that are evil. And so, we're relearning what it means to be Americans in a very heated wow. time right now. So Wow. Did you talk about the heating up at all? I mean, it feels like we're in this um, this season that something has shifted. Yeah. I think even September 1st, we went from kind of sum summer mode to, okay, we're, we're in all out. We, well, we called this. It's becoming obvious uh, that, that we're in a battle. And we can't be passive. I, I know there's some evidence. Did they talk about anything that they noticed there was a difference? Well, there was a whole focus on the, the, the deep state. There was uh, Alex Newman was there talking about the, the historical development of a deep state controlling behind mm -hmm. the scenes and, and giving us the impression that our votes count and giving us the impression that there's yeah. a left-right battle going on. But reality, there's an establishment group of people that are kind of running the scenes, the um, the there's the the three council of 300 mm -hmm. the council of foreign relations there's a bunch of groups of people mm -hmm. who are globalists who are making deals unelected bodies of people making deals and directing the traffic and directing where our country is going and where the, the world's going going so um you know fully well-cited not a bunch of conspiracy theory actually conspiracy fact mm -hmm. that this is going on and you know and alex talked about you know ultimately he he he's only for global government. I would agree with this. I'm only for global one world government if the Messiah comes back. <laughs> if Jesus is in yes. charge of that one world, if he's king. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, everything else is satanic. And uh, so. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, how we know things are heating up. I don't know if you have noticed anything um, in the news and the tone of things around town, but what are some? some of the evidences that you've noticed that we're definitely getting into a time of more warfare and in your face. Well, I, I think, you know, um, 
I think the fact that they tried to there that arrested Donald Trump and ha he has his mugshot, you know, I, I think that that's a big mm -hmm. deal. I mean, I think, yeah. yeah, you know, he's this guy is in the middle of a battle and he is fighting for. I mean, he says, hey, they're out, they're not coming after me. They're coming after yeah. you. He, and I'm standing right. in the way. I believe that's exactly true. So. Yeah, the indictments are, I mean, the most famous mugshot in the history of the world now is his mugshot. So I think what it did was it, it brought some, it, it shook some people up. I mean, well, how, what's, what's, that's, that's our former president, or as some of us believe, that's our current president yeah. on, on a mugshot. What is going on? Well, in Cubans and Chinese, people who, people who grew up in China, who were suffering under the most strict persecution are saying that exact thing. What the heck is going on? These are the things that happened in China, in Cuba, mm -hmm. in the past when we were there under communist regimes. Yeah. The current administration is, is, is arresting its political opponent and putting them in jail. They're doing that with J6ers. They're doing that with Donald Trump. We are in a pivotal mm -hmm. moment where prayer, preparation for, for, for peaceful resistance, um, and action is coming, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's, I think that's what we're in. I think that's our, our theme tonight, right? The fight we're in fighting yeah. mode. We're in yeah. a season where it's time to stand up and fight. Now it's not time to sit back and, um, yeah. you know, just pretend like everything's fine. Yeah. And I think another, another, um, evidence that we can look very clearly that something is not right in the world and is heating up is that China has been doing live fire exercises right on Taiwan's borders. And for some strange reason, our Secretary of Commerce is in China this week. I have no idea why, but I mean, that's very interesting. Like, why are we talking business when we're about um, there's also a lot of saber rattling going on. So I, I'd like to get some answers from Washington about that. But that's that's an evidence when live fire, they're not just doing these little practice exercises. They're using real bullets. Um, I think there's some there's a nuclear uh, boats in North Korea that just they just got um, armed with nuclear weapons this week. So from, North Korea, North Korea. Uh, I don't know where where they came from, but North Korea just put nuclear weapons on their um, their ships, which is a change from what I understand. And so that part of the world is definitely heating up, and it's not very far from Maui, is it? Well, we need to really be praying. I mean, I think you you know you've you've mm -hmm. dedicated some serious time with a group of prayer warriors mm -hmm. all over the nation, and especially the California and some of these other places. I know painting yeah. the, the the borders and the boundaries you know we there's there's power in prayer yeah. um and in prayer supernaturally moves the hand of god it it brings about um mm -hmm. angelic hosts defending cause mm -hmm. um, and then of course it also animates and motivates us as patriot saints who want to see um, god exalted in this nation again yeah. so it's doing all of those things and more than we even know um but i definitely think you know the time of consecration i heard you know, Brandon, consecrate yourself, you know, whatever is not mm -hmm. in your life, that's not uh, aligned mm -hmm. with God, get it out. And I'm, you know, and so I think that a lot of believers are hearing that message to themselves personally, but also as corporately as the body of Christ, because there's a shaking coming and we need to be ready mm -hmm. to stand firm on Christ, you know, when that shaking comes. Yeah. So, so the message there obviously is we're part of an unshakable kingdom in Hebrews 12. That's right. And so we don't have any reason to 
to fear. And we, um, we have access to things like birds delivering uh, food, and we have access to all of the heaven's resources just as sons and daughters of the living God. But uh, what we don't want to do is create panic. I mean, some other, that, that Maui, that whole Maui episode. That's heating up. I mean, oh I my goodness. more and more it's coming to evidence of the cover-up. There's more and more evidence that the police were involved in the cover-up, uh, that the, the Hawaiian Electric you know, didn't do their job, or they're they now saying they turned off the power before the fire ever started. So that means mm. that the fire started some other way. So either it's arson or it's direct energy weapons. I don't know. Um, we do know that uh, our government has those direct energy weapons. You can go on the Department of Defense website and go on other websites and see uh, the Department of Defense talking about all these great new weapons mm -hmm. we have. Well, if we have them, you know our, our, our enemies have probably stolen that technology as well and using yeah. them against us. If not, Lord, you know, Lord forbid that rogue portions of our own government might have caused that to happen. And it looks like looks that way. I mean, of course, with mm -hmm. you know the the chief of police being the same one who covered up the, uh, mm -hmm. the Route 66 shooting, you know, the lar largest mass shooting in American history. Here's the largest mass human burning sacrifice that we've ever oh, seen. Oh my goodness! I thought thousands of people are dead. Yeah. You know? well, well, some strange uh, reports. You know, you just get these strange reports of some buses were seen in the area before and possibly um, collecting children. Uh, I haven't had that confirmed, but, and then people have seen what they describe as stormtroopers that have been patrolling the area, keeping the perimeter closed. So uh, that's evidence that something isn't right in Kansas. You know, we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah. And it, I, it is very, very disturbing that uh, the scene looks like a bomb went off. It looks like um, a nuclear event happened. Some sort of energized event happened. It, the, the landscape is, um, is in total destruction. Yeah. And then, of course, there's things like, you know, if you're downtown Maui, the tree didn't fully burn. Mm -hmm. the, the wooden structures at the harbor didn't burn. But the cars just a few feet away melted down to nothing. So there's just there's just obscurities there. I mean, the, people say, "Oh, don't become a conspiracy theorist." Well, if you don't want us to have come up with theories, then you need to actually yeah. be honest about what's happening. That's right. And they haven't been honest about what's going and on. Transparency there. cuts up truth. Will cut off every conspiracy theory exactly. uh, because you can bring up evidence. Uh, you know, another thing that we just hear uh, in the background is the the kind of the return of the COVID narrative, especially coincidentally as we're getting closer to an election. And so that's that's heating up. So with without any um, any doubt, I believe uh, that there's been some testing to see: Are we going to push back? What are people going to do? Are they going to be like they were last time? What do you think about that? Well, I just think right now you need to decide how you are going to resist. Um, we were deceived. Uh, fool, fool me once; it's on you but fool me twice, it's on us. And mm -hmm. if we go back into uh, adhering to these um, draconian mandates that are not legal, um, it, it, we give into the fear, um, we are just choosing willful ignorance and, willf and, and willful submission. We're just submitting to evil. And, you know, and it's come out that's very clearly that the, the, you know, the masks don't work. We, and we, and we, we knew that from the very beginning, but there was always a sense like, well, maybe this is still a good idea to kind of help people. Um, no, it's not a good idea. In fact, this week, the United States government actually 
um, admitted that the masks didn't work from the very beginning um, by saying that masks don't work for smoke. So the N95 doesn't work for smoke. Well, the particle that is in the, um, the particle of the, the, the vax is actually smaller than smoke. So if it doesn't stop smoke, then how is it going to stop a coronavirus? Well, I don't think it is. Yes. It, it's all about fear and control. Yeah, that is. Uh, and so we need to learn the lessons from what what just happened. We don't need history repeating itself. Although I don't know, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, the prime minister in um, New Zealand, who was basically saying that, um, denying <laughs> that he shut his nation down uh, and that he required vax mandates. And so the prime minister Hipkins is his name. He was on the press just this week and he said, oh, I didn't shut the nation down. And in terms of the vax mandate, I acknowledge that it was a very challenging time for people, but they ultimately made their own choices. There was no compulsory vaccination. People made their own choices. And then uh, you could just see because it was on the Internet and it was just a few years ago (laughs) that there was evidence of him going on the news going, You've got to get this vaccination or you're not going to be able to work. You got to get this vaccination or you can't come out of your house or you can't go to the store and all sorts of draconian measures. And so the citizens of New Zealand, they were fighting back and said uh, uh, one of the New Zealanders said, if a cashier with a gun in your face comes to rob you and says, give me the money, you still have a choice, right? right? You could choose to be shot. And in New Zealand, it was take the shot or we'll deprive you of your means of support and your means of livelihood. But you had a choice, right? And so they're not fooled. Yeah, this is this is revisionist history at its most extreme case. Like people want to go back and say, oh, the Holocaust Mm -hmm. didn't happen, you know, know, in in Nazi Germany. Okay, well, you know, 60, 70 years ago, we can go back and maybe we can get people fool some people. But it just happened three years ago. We actually yeah. have video of you saying you're gonna, you have to, you know, you have to get a shot, or you can't come to work. You can, you won't keep your job. That's called coer- That's called coercion. We were, we were coerced, and and you know, the people yeah. of New Zealand aren't having any of it. We, we, yeah. we got video of you saying it. What are you talking about? So I, I think the key here is that there just needs to be a radical pushback, like, and it's happening. We're seeing it, and I think that's what we're seeing is it's time to fight. This is the, yeah. we're in fighting mode right yeah. now. It's not you don't back down. Now is the time to say no, no, you were wrong. And you need to admit it. You need to apologize. And you need to not try to push this garbage on us again. Yeah. And there's a new face that's that's come back into the news cycle. Dr. Burks. Remember Dr. Burks and her scarves uh, when she was part of the COVID response team with Fauci. And she was um, on stage with with Trump and she was telling us how to behave and how to uh, what to wear and what not to wear in her expertise. So that to me says something is amiss because we haven't heard her name for a long time. Yeah. And I really do believe that we're actually supposed to just put this out into the ether right now. Get on social media. If you got some sort of account, get on there and post this with the hashtag. I will not comply. We will not comply. Yeah. The more we tell them right now, don't even try it the more that they're going to try to find something else to, to use other than another COVID scare. So they're, I believe they're testing it out. I yeah. mean, I have a friend who, a good friend of mine who works in at Kaiser, and they said in Kaiser Santa, uh, Santa Rosa, they tried to bring back the mask mandate for all employees. And the employees said, we ain't having it. 
and they push back and they drop it within a few days. All right. So it's, that's good news. We need to see that it's fighting time and you cannot hesitate to push, push back. And we are winning. And I, this is the thing I think, Chris, and you had a bunch of, we have a bunch of evidence of us winning yeah. right now yeah. that we need to talk about. If we fight, we win. It's only when we don't, when we give in willfully, right. which is what the guy in New Zealand was trying to say. Oh, you gave in willfully. No, we didn't. <laughs> you told us we had to. Now, now we know the truth and we're not going to give in anymore. So well, let's talk about some of the wins that have happened. I mean, isn't it a big one with uh, Huckabee Sanders and oh, yeah, I love Governor her. Alabama? Yeah. Now, uh, as you remember, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she was uh, Trump's um, uh, press uh she, she was head of the press, press secretary. secretary and she was so doggone articulate. Now she's, she's so articulate. She's the governor of Alabama. And uh, basically in response to uh, the rumors of COVID, this new seasonal strain, and that's what I would call it. It's just a little seasonal strain. It's the flu. This is what she said. Let me be clear. As long as I'm governor, Arkansas will never lock down. We'll never close our schools, our churches, or our businesses. We'll never make you or your children wear a mask. We will never, ever have a COVID vaccine mandate. Government should never loom larger than an in individual's liberty in our lives. And that is the principle this nation was founded on. And I wish you were our governor. Oh, my goodness. Well, our governor is getting hit right now. Like he is getting hit left and right. And I'm super thankful and excited about that because um, he is actually uh, the, the California voters have pushed back on SB 14. Um, and this just just came in. Right. It, it, uh, it, SB 14 was a Senate bill that would make it criminal. It would ex, uh, increase the criminal uh, uh, importance of someone who was caught um, trafficking children. So there was a big push by the lefties, you know, the people on the left the, the, to not do, not have this become a, uh, a, a crime or not as prosecuted as a serious crime, basically yeah. what they said. And so it is being prosecuted as a serious crime. And we got it through this um, through the committee. So we right. and that was and then just point this out. That was because thousands of you out there called your yeah. representatives. See, we are learning how to be fighters again. We are learning how to fight for our rights and for our freedoms. I mean, Ronald Reagan said that freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. So I really believe what's happening mm -hmm. uh, and what's good that's come out of the COVID is we are relearning what it means to be Americans again. And so I see um, the churches, I see groups, organizations, mm -hmm. you know, stepping up. I think of Jack Hibbs in Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. He has a website and, and an app called um, Real Impact. And I, whenever there's a, hey, you need to call your governor, you need to call your, your representatives, it sends, sends you a, re, a, a response mm -hmm. and do it now. And then I just get on my phone, take the five minutes, do it right away yep. and move on. Well, if thousands of people do that, we're going to win. Yeah. And these yeah. crappy bills that are coming through are going to lose. And the good ones are going to go through. But we have to learn how to fight again. And I think we're seeing that even with the one that just came out with the California students against Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Talk about that because uh, I had heard the rumor, but you had the, you had the lowdown on it. It's uh, there's a lawsuit right now against uh, California's governor Newsom because of his severe lockdown mandates. And so many people uh, lost good school time 
And this is the students of California. Yeah, I love Kevin Kiley. Kevin is a fighter. Um, he says the court has ruled that Gavin Newsom and his enablers will go on trial for the catastrophic harm they caused to our st students during the COVID school shutdown. In the case brought by disadvantaged students, the court denied the state's motion for summary judgment and set a trial for November 13th. So there's going to be a trial against Gavin Newsom and the judge appointed um, uh, the judge of an appointee of Jerry Brown advanced the students claims that there were they were denied basic educational equality during the school closures. He cites the following experts finding that this ruling showed that they missed days. There was achievement gaps that happened. There was overall student well-being that was hit and declining enrollment. So this is a class action mm -hmm. lawsuit by the students of California, specifically those who are underserved. And hey, amen. Time to speak the truth to power. Amen. That's what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a little bit difficult for um, Newsom to navigate because it doesn't go along with his narrative because the ones that are bringing this are <clears throat> they're people of color and they're people of um, disadvantage from uh, Oakland um, is where the, the source is. And so it's going to be hard for him to wiggle out of um, the reality that this lawsuit needs to move forward. And uh, I don't know how it would look as far as um, what it reper repercussions if they win, other than I'm sure there would be some, um, they they get some sort of um, something to, to help catch them up. I mean, money doesn't get you smarter, but it might yeah, buy some opportunities as far as tutoring and and schools uh, schooling, yeah. so uh, that I'm I'm just concerned that it's going to be the taxpayers if he loses yeah, that are yeah. going to end up paying. No, I think uh, Gavin Newsom he has money that he would put in a whole bunch of poor things that this that need to go in good things. I mean, if you look at it, this is the LA Unified mm -hmm. School District said students missed a total of 205 in-person instruction days, and Oakland Unified Schools missed 204. Therefore, the quality yeah. of equitable education was not achieved. <laughs> So yeah. um, these, this is huge. And I think we're, I think we're going to, they're going to clearly win this. Um, and this is the only way that you actually stop it from happening again is you have to fight. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to um, his uh, children's school up in, in Sacramento and it was not closed during COVID and it was, it's a very nice private school near his residence. So uh, it certainly wasn't an equitable treatment of, um, uh, for students. So yeah, the, the thing about SB 14 and what I want to bring up about that is what's so interesting is we have seen in a very short time how people pushing back and saying, no, we do not like this legislation um, the way it, it's turning out. Uh, because three weeks ago, the, um, the Appropriations Committee for the house in California would not let SB 14 go through. So uh, a, a yes on that would increase the criminality of minors being trafficked, mm -hmm. but it died in the appropriations committee three weeks ago and they wouldn't take it to a vote. So six people basically said, no, we're not going to let this go through. Um, we, we don't think it's a good idea. But enough voters got on the horn and said, we want it to go through and you're supposed to represent us. So they got inundated. It, uh, they changed their mind 
and said, well, we'll reconsider it. And on Friday, um, they, they were getting a hearing and uh, they basically voted for it to go through. Now, now it's not finished yet. So they're going to go for their uh, year break on September 14th. So they're going to be voting on it sometime in the next 10 days. So stay on that appropriations. Com- well, it's, it's the General Assembly now. It's not just the Appropriations Committee. Keep watching SB 14. There are a lo- it's a bipartisan issue. And there are a lot of both Democrats and Republicans who are trying to get it to pass. Right. And if you can get on the Real Impact app, app from Ch- Calvary Chapel Hills, Chino Hills App Store, you can get on. It's called Real Impact. Um, and I just want to show this actually a little this slide that actually shows it because I think if people see the picture, they'll actually remember what it looks like. So that's a great idea. So here it is. It's Real Impact Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. So if you go to this uh, on, on the App Store, download this onto your phone. Um, activate the uh, the alerts so you will get the active alerts in California. If it, you know, the, the bear is California and she is waking up, That's but right. those mama bears and papa bears need to actually use their uh, rights. You know, this is one of the things that we're talking about here about, you know, if we're in a fighting mode, we're not talking about physical, we're talking about supernatural, we're talking about spiritual, and we're talking about the pen is mightier than the sword. There you go. We have the freedom of speech, we have the First Amendment in this, you know, the Constitution of the United States Bill of Rights. If we fail to use our voice and our vote and our prayers, if we fail to speak out, we are abnegating our responsibility and silence in some of these bills, all of them really, but especially some of these ones against children, silence is consent. So if we, if these bills pass Mm -hmm. and you've said nothing, you're consenting to it and you have a chance to get on this application. And I'm not trying to put a trip on anybody. I mean, I, sometimes it's hard for me. I'm in the middle of a phone call or I'm doing something. I have to stop and Mm -hmm. do it myself. And it's not always easy. And sometimes I don't even do it right away, but I do it. And I, I really want to encourage everybody to get this app yep. on your phone, Real Impact, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and just respond when it's time because they are acknowledging and letting you know that these bills are going through. That's such, that is such great practical advice. And it's something that should be easy for all of us. So another way that we can fight back is uh, that we've seen in recent history is that Gateway Pundit um, has a reporter who uh, was able to get, through a FOIA request, uh, a chance to review signatures in Maricopa County. And wow. this is something that Wendy That's Rogers huge. couldn't do, and uh, We the People Arizona Alliance couldn't do. But this one gateway pundit, very determined reporter was able to get the FOIA request through. And this individual spent three hours going through what were random um, votes and was able to compare the votes against the, the signature registration on the registration, the voter registration form And basically what the reporter found was that in this, uh, he had three hours, about 200 to 300 signatures he went through and he said at least 10% of them uh, that he reviewed had highly questionable signatures. And then he said, um, these signatures, they really take a little bit of time to check them out for proper review. And if you remember during the signature review, it was basically they were going from one stack to the other. It was less than one second. 
they were doing the signature review when they were asked to review them. So that that's a win because it was uh, in the media. The media often um, gets bad reports, but uh, Gateway Pundit isn't your normal mainstream media. But this is uh, good news that a reporter actually did some good reporting. So it's uh, someone who was in fight mode. Wow, this is really great. So yeah, so what the theme here is, as we see, is that Americans are learning to use, you know, use their their the the amazing sophisticated system that we've been inherited by our founding fathers to fight back against evil, and we're starting to do it. So uh, yeah, praise the Lord, Lord, open the door, let bring expose the darkness, let that reporter that show that ten percent of those signatures are are, are false, let, let that come out so that we can get. Um, good voting, um, secure and safe elections that we know are are accurate. So praise God for that. Yeah. Isn't there some stuff uh, that came out with the FDA too, right? Yeah. That, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, well, and we were we were showing, wanting to show how many different groups can band together and become very powerful. Well, a group of doctors has sued the FDA because of the ivermectin misinformation. And it was really a landmark ruling that happened on Friday, which was September 1st. A federal court stated that the U.S. FDA abused its authority under federal law when it advised America's to, Americans to stop using the drug ivermectin as a treatment for COVID-19. Um, and if, wow. if you remember... Uh, this was what they said. They basically, they tweeted out on the FDA Twitter account, yeah. said, you're not a horse. It was just total uh, shaming. You're not a cow. Seriously, I'll stop it. Wow. Why would you not um, use ivermectin to treat basically COVID-19? And so, so uh, and what they didn't say is that there's a, a human form of it right. and it's been being used for years in Africa and in, um, in New Delhi, they said 94% of COVID patients got ready, got better almost immediately. Oh New gosh. Delhi is a huge city in India by taking ivermectin and, and their government got it to their people very, very quick. And we know that uh, Dr. Satoshi Amura, who is a Nobel prize winner, uh, basically called it a wonder drug and said it was a splendid gift from the earth. And wow. so um, Charlie Kirk had a had a post on Twitter and said the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans has ruled in favor of the three doctors. So this was just three doctors pushed back and said, we're not going to take it anymore and allowing them to move forward with their lawsuit saying the FDA abused its authority with anti-ivermectin messaging to Americas. And um, the judge further stated that the FDA isn't a physician and it has the authority to inform, announce, and apprise, but not endorse, denounce, or advise. Wow. So uh, that's a big win. And uh, seriously, we must never, ever let that happen again. Yeah. And you think of like Joe Rogan, who was blasted and they tried to take him off his media, mm -hmm. tried to eliminate him off of media and certain platforms. He has the largest, one of the largest platforms in the nation, in the world. And, you know, Joe Rogan was, yeah. you know, they attacked him for ivermectin. He brought in Dan McCollum, who said, listen, why are we yeah. not, you know, Dr. McCullough said, why are we not um, actually 
you know, treating patients with drugs we already know that's been approved that already know it works. And I don't know about you, but I, it, took, it was so hard for me to get ivermectin. I remember my wife was trying to go down to CVS to get ivermectin and they looked at her like she was crazy and said, we're not giving it. We're not issuing that. Like, what do you mean? I have a doctor who's given yeah. me approval to come yeah. get this prescription filled and you are not going to fulfill my prescription. You're, you're not my doctor, but you're not going to do it because you follow the FDA's recommendation rather than actually give me the drug that we right. know works. It's been working for years. Right. It's crazy. Right. And that, that's a beautiful, uh, Beautiful thing that if this goes through, we're just hoping that maybe it'll dismantle the FDA because whether you know it or not, the FDA is part of the cabal. Uh, many of uh, the holistic natural natural path type of remedies they have um, they've shut down, especially if there's not money in them for the pharmaceutical companies. Cheap, cheap drugs that work versus really yeah. expensive drugs funded by the government, the Department of Defense that don't actually do anything good for you and actually harm you and give raise the level of myocarditis, my, myocarditis, right? The myocarditis, yeah. Myocarditis. Yeah, and it, it's it's also uh, the, when the patents have run out, that means the pharmaceutical companies don't make the big money anymore and they go generic. And so there's, there's obviously a little of exchange. You go, well, why would the FDA be so... Um, so biased. Well, they're a non-elected agency that have been appointed by people in the deep state in order to get the deep pockets. All the money. Uh, it, it's not really hard to understand. What it is hard to do is go, oh, in America. And we're going to be doing that a lot. That This is part of the fighting mode is we've got to understand that we're going to be waking up to some distressing news that some of our agencies, IRS, FDA, the CDC, NSA, three yeah. other agencies, CIA, all of these organizations that were that were proposed to help defend the interests of Americans have been operating, defending the interests of their own pocketbooks and making and getting done what they want without um, accountability to, to government structures. The, I think the FDA actually has people on it who used to work for the pharmaceutical companies oh, yeah. who've then gone to the FDA and then went back to the pharmaceutical companies. So there's this revolving door between the regulatory agencies mm -hmm. who are supposed to protect us and the government and these big money Pfizer and Moderna organizations who are making, you know, billions of dollars off of us. So there's no other industry in the world that we would let that happen. And yet it has happened under our nose and this is coming out and we need to not be silent about it now. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, it has been disturbing. And I think that there's enough evidence and there's enough pushback now that uh, lawfare will work in our favor in the days ahead. So how about this one? Anybody know what this flag is? <laughs> Anybody familiar with the flag? This is the don't tread on me flag. This is from the that uh, was raised over the capitals in Charleston and other places uh, during the, uh, the de decision to fight the Revolutionary War um, when King um, George was uh, mistreating uh, the colonists and they decided to, you know, declare their independence. This was the major flag that was used over and over again. I watched the Patriot last night and it was it was in there like 10 times. Well, apparently it's now considered to be racist um, and uh, uh, associated with 
domestic terrorism, according to certain school districts. And this one young man who's 12 years old named uh, Jaden was actually taken out of class and told that he could not have that patch on his backpack because it was associated with white supremacy, racism, and, and, and domestic terrorism. And slavery. Oh, and slavery. So not only, evidently, it wasn't just the students who missed their history class. There were some instructors. I think it goes to show you that as they have chased out many of the very good teachers in school, they have backfilled them with appointees of the deep state who will carry their narrative um, forward. And one of these narratives, so, so the, the main reason was because it was supposed to be like a civil war flag. And so the school got it totally wrong. wrong. <laughs> but what a great motivation uh, Jaden, 12 years old, was. And uh, he stood his ground. He was very respectful. He brought his mother in. They got it on video. Yeah, his mother was amazing. She got that on video. And she's like, I don't, I think that your history is off. You, you don't understand what the Gadsden flag is, right? And in the mother and the boy had to educate the educators on what the flag actually stands for and what it was actually used for. And this just blows me away. And I think, you know, you said, yeah, these government appointed deep state teachers unions and teachers. Well, look what happens when one boy yeah. and one mom fight back. Yeah. Yeah. They kept their cool. They were respectful, but they were armed with truth. Yeah. And that's important. Using their brains. Yeah. And uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I just want to spend one minute on, on one person who is making the biggest impact that I know of. And last week I was here by myself. I did, I did a whole hour on why I love Trump. And so Trump really is an example of how to, to push back. Yep. You know, he has taken a lot of arrows on our behalf and he has stood up uh, with his own physical body and with his own reputation and it has been cruel. I mean, the, the things that have come against him have just been, um, they, the vitriol has been horrible uh, and the accusations against him, but his honesty seems to make people uncomfortable when people kind of uh, throw accusations at him. Uh, what he says is, um, they're not coming after me. Remember this, they're coming after you. And that's the reality of it all. He said, uh, I'll be the target of the vicious Democratic Party. And he has let the, the indictments occur. You know, this is not an accident. This is so that we will wake up. He has taken the arrows. It's the same as the, the election. He knew um, he could have brought out some things. He could have pushed some things, but he's letting us see that the election was stolen mm -hmm. and that evil leaders, I believe they are still willing to sell out this nation because it's not just another four-year election. This is really a fight against good and evil. We keep saying it, but uh, he knows it. This is a zero some game and he's looking to drain the swamp. And we talked last week, I talked about on his 2024 campaign sticker, some of them say MAGA, but most of them are saying uh, save America. Yeah. And that message is, I mean, that's a, a wake up startling message of save America. 
and uh, yeah, I believe that that he is an example of what we all should be when we want to stand against evil. I agree. I, I think, you, you know, President Reagan was right when he said America is the humanity's last great hope. And it's not Trump. We don't worship Trump. We worship God who gave us our rights. But Trump is giving us an example of how to push back and stand up and fight back. You know, I, I went back this last week and I reviewed uh, four of Trump's really seminal speeches, his inauguration speech, um, his speech to the U, to, to Davos, the people yeah. of Davos, and his two UN speeches. And yeah. they are the most patriotic, um, focused on how exceptional America is, what it contributes to the world, that it's a light on a hill, it's a city on a hill, and that if America is gone, the, the, the rule of law will, will end in the, in the world. The fact that America exists brings so many hope. So much hope to so many people all around the world that you can actually have a we the people form wow. of government. And he, you know, he talked about in his speech to the United Nations. He said, you know, we're the only government now, almost 239 years later, we're the only government still using the original Constitution. Wow. And wow. You know, he said, you know, we, we've brought more people out of poverty than any nation in the world. We fight. We give of our more money and blood, sweat and tears to save and free people all over the world. So even though there is a deep state who is working to do evil with from our, in, inside our government, overall, the government, the United States, as a, as a people, as a nation, has done so much good in, on the earth. And that's his message, America first. That you, and, he, and he was basically like, hey, you all need to fight for your countries. Mm -hmm. It's right for you to defend your yeah. country, just like it is for us to defend ours. And I applaud you in it. And I think even going back to his inauguration speech, you know, he was like, listen, this is a moment where we're going to hand the power from these, you know, corrupt elitist globalists back into the hands of the people. That's good. That was his whole goal. And it was like a dark speech. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's so dark. But yeah, because he's realizing that now is the, the storm is upon us yeah. to rehand the authority away from these oligarchs who have taken control of our country and back to the people. And I, yeah. and I, and those are the things I love him. Now, some people will say, oh no, he's controlled opposition. You know what? He is, if he's opposition, he ain't controlled opposition. <laughs> that's why they hate him because they can't control him. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And, and we've got to figure out how to turn this thing around. And honestly, he's the only candidate that has the, the moxie and the plan. If you're not on Truth Social, you need to be because yeah. he lays out uh, issue after issue after issue in little short snippets on his True Social account. And he is giving solutions of when I am elected president, this is what I plan to do. And it isn't a, um, a pie in the sky by and by. He gives very clear direction and strategies of how he would move things forward. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I haven't heard that from anybody. No. You know, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to close the border or uh, I'm going to make us not have so much inflation. Okay, vote for me. <laughs> well, you, you, one of the things he said, I heard him today actually stay in a short clip and I think it was on True Social originally. He said, <clears throat> when I'm back in, in, when I'm back in, in charge as the president, we will eliminate all of this money that's being wasted on education and put it into the hands of the parents who are the primary educators of their students, giving and we'll, uh, up to $10,000 a, a student will go into the hands of the, and then they can, tr you can train your students and give them the, the quality education you want them to have. Wow. Well, that goes right against the, the, the federal government of education, 
you know, the federal, uh, get, we probably need to get rid of that. Yeah, Department altogether. of Education, Department you of education. you need to go. <laughs> the, the, these unions, these these teachers unions that are teaching transgenderism, and it's all right to give kid, kids puberty blockers, cut off their genitalia, train them from, you know, junior high, elementary, even down to ages like five of this, this ideology that's just sick and disgusting. The, the, this guy is a fighter and he's going to say not anymore. And we're going to rally behind people, who, fighters who are going to say, no, we are not putting up with this. Not on our watch. We are mama bears. We're papa bears and we're yeah. fighting back and we're going to join with whoever's on our side. Now, even if Trump isn't there, we'll find another champion. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's somebody who's willing to fight back and push back against this evil globalist agenda, this new world order that the Bushes talked about, that the, the people in Ukraine are talking about, that this new world order that incorpor incorporates child sex uh, pleasure and mutilation. Mm -hmm. I mean, evil stuff. And it's Very happening evil. in yeah. our country. And it's and then I think we're seeing people rise up right now. We are seeing the bear wake up. And I'm just happy about that. Yeah. So as we talk about being in fight mode, there are some very practical things that we'll want to start thinking about doing. Uh, one of the things is we need to trust God. You know, we, we really actually need to trust God and not say, oh, I trust God, and then act all scared and, and, and have a panic attack or, or move into fear. We need, if, if we need to get free of fear, we need to get free of free. Fear. It's kind of like what you heard at the the workshop uh, when when they said, um, "What part of your life is Jesus not Lord of?" Right. And if you notice things bubbling up that are manifesting that are not godly traits, you need to deal with those because those are roots of iniquity in your family line or things you've ag agreed with that you need to get free of. And God can can do that. The spirit of the living God can do that. So trust God. The second thing is don't fear. Don't fear. That's a choice. Yes. It's also a spirit. So you don't entertain that spirit. When something comes through, you say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I'm not partnering with you. Right. I know who's already won this war <laughs> and he's, he's won it on our behalf. And his, the power of the blood of Jesus is greater than any virus in this and anywhere. It's the greatest and strongest thing on, on earth or in the universe. And the other thing is um, we need to stick together. Yes. You need to know who your people are mm -hmm. and we need to move as one. as one. So as we're intimidated, it's a lot easier to be strong when we have, we link shields with people who are like-minded and we go out with a purpose and we need to know it's a fight. You know, it really is a battle. It's called a battle because it's kind of scary and there are giants in our, there's always going to be a giant in the gateway of your destiny and in what belongs to you. Cause that's what giants do. They, uh, they steal, kill and destroy and they apprehend what doesn't belong to them. So you need to uh, know that this is not, no, it's not going to be a cakewalk and you need to prepare your heart for that and go, I am going to be strong and very courageous. And then you need to prepare and decide ahead of time how am I going to respond when this starts getting really hot? Right. And I, I love this scene um, in uh, the 300. Uh, it's you know kind of an odd film, but there's one, um, the Spartans, when they fought together, they would link their shields together and they used their spears and they were basically um, uh, unbeatable. Um, and so I just think of that, you know, that, that kind of that imagery that you can see in the 300 linking their shields together 
fighting together with their spears out. Um, and I, I think that's key. You know, we, we need to, we need to fight together. Yeah. We need to find who our tribe is. We need to, we need to work together with the body of Christ. We can't do it alone. We're not, not lone Rangers. Um, it's, it's, it's a team effort to fight against this, uh, these globalist tactics. And I think we're going to win. I think that's what the scripture says that Jesus says multiple times, you know, you know, in this world, you will face trials, yeah. but take heart for I've overcome the world. And then another place it says, greater is he that is in you than than wow. he that is in the world. So, I think that's, just, you know, it is a time to fight. It is. And, I, you know, and it's, we're not talking about kinetic warfare. We're talking about um, peaceful resistance, peaceful, nonviolent resistance. Um, and, you know, that, you know, this is this is the challenge that we face is how do you fight where you're at? And I think some of it is deciding ahead of time right now. If they start throwing up the mask mandates, what are you going to do? Yeah. How are you going to how are you going to get to the food, feed your family and not give in to this stuff? That's absolutely right. And um, you had quite a few opportunities during your workshop last week just to get some good advice and um, see from the church's point of view, what do you think our responsibility as a church is? And what do you think pastors' responsibilities are during this time when we're supposed to be in fight mode? Um, I think the biggest deal is that we need to get on our knees and pray. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of prayer, prayer that's gone on so far. You know, we, the battle is won in prayer, but, but it's not finished in prayer yeah. because it's both. And one of the things they talked about was, um, when, when there was the battle that was going on against the Malachites, no, or Moses was up on the, on the mountain and, and her and Joshua were holding his arms up and you say, well, what, what, what was it that caused them to win the battle? When he was, had his hands up, they were winning down below in the battle. Yeah. So was it the was it his hands are causing the win or was it the battle that was causing them to win? The answer is it was both. The the prayer and the action together was overcoming um, the forces of darkness. And and I just wanted to point out this this is a really great picture. This is in um, Carpenter's Hall. It's a painting of, of Carpenter's Hall in 1774 when they were getting ready to make the Declaration Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. And Ben Franklin, the most a religious of them all. Yeah said, you know, we used to call on God for prayer for these things, and we're going to need his help yeah. fighting against the greatest military and the greatest Navy on the planet. Wow. Um, this ragtag 3% of the colonies fighting against this massive armies and navies. And they got on their knees and they prayed. And the, and the history books show that, that George Washington stayed on his knees for three hours in prayer that day. And there was a rousing um, moment where uh, Pastor Deshay was chosen and he read the verses that were for the day was Psalm 35. And it was all about to fight on my behalf, oh God, against him who's, take up, who's taken up armory against me. Mm -hmm. And it was just so happened that, that was the day, that was the normal Psalm reading for, for that day. Wow. And they were all moved. It says the history books say they were all moved. They couldn't believe that that, that was the Psalm of the day. And so I think, you know, the biggest one is to pray. Um, but, you know, there's also more than prayer. There's, mm -hmm. there's a responsibility the church has to act, to work together, to lock our shields, to um, do like, you know, like, like Jack Hibbs is and, and, and pray and call and use your ability to petition the government. One of the things that, would you know, if you look at the Declaration of Independence, it says we should not change the government for light and momentary afflictions or small matters. 
but they had petitioned King George for years and they had 27 things that they were, that they didn't like about what he was doing. And they did everything they could. They kept going back to him over and over and over again, trying to use their voice, trying to write. And by that time they finally had to, to, to take up arms. Well, this is the thing. Some people are saying, Oh no, we're going to have to like do something like, you know, take up arms. No, we have to just learn to use the weapons we've already been given, which is the pen and our voice. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a big deal. And, and then know how you're going to defend, you know, how you're going to fight for your family, how you're going to stand up and resist um, this tyranny and not give in to shame. You know, Mel Gibson says one of the one things that people hate the most is when they're getting uh, public humiliation. You know yeah. what? You, know, you need to stop being scared of being humiliated. That's the only way we're going to we're going to win is if we stop being silenced into submission. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing Jesus didn't back down because he was getting humiliated. Mm -hmm. He really is. Uh, he is our brave one that uh, shows us to move forward against um, the enemy and uh, to do it with determination and set your face like Flint predetermined ahead of time. What else? I mean, you heard so many good things. What would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, there, there, yeah, there was so much good there. I, you know, I, I would say that um, there are people who love this country all over the world, all over the nation, even the world, but specifically in our nation mm -hmm. that are learning to use their voice again. They're rising up and, 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 you know, we win if we just don't give up. And I think that that was one of the messages, you know, that, that these pastors were talking about. And one of the things they talked about was this group called the Black Robe Regiment. I mentioned this before, but we need to bring back this this black robe regiment. We need to bring back these men who fought you know, for liberty, who spoke about it. And there's one um, historian, I think in 1918, um, this, she was a historian that was studying the history. And, and she said that the, the constitutional convention where the children of the pulpit, that even if Adams and others did not emerge, the, the revolution would have gone on anyways because of the preaching of these pastors, these continental pastors. And the term black robe, people think, oh, what's that? Black robe sounds kind of weird. So it's just a simple thing. Um, the, the continental pastors wore black robes over their normal garments when they went into the pulpit as a sign of honoring God and to, to, to just go before and speak for him, not speak as themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because if you look back, that's the same tradition for why judges wear black robes oh. because judges and theology and law were the same thing. Mm. They, they grew together in, in the Blackstone wow. um, documentation yeah. of Blacks, um, all of the legal documents that were created over the, in Britain over the like, course of a couple hundred years, those were the, the legal information that they drew upon to say wow. there is a natural law from God, the creator, our, our creator and the creator's God, you know, I mean, the, the nature's God, which is the creator, that we have been given and that government's sole job is to protect the rights of the creator that he, that were given to men, men and women. Wow. So the black Robe regiment preached that they preached it very clearly. Everybody knew it. The British hated them for it. And so they called yeah. them, it was a slang term uh, uh, to slander them. They were the black Robe regiment and they hate the British hated them because they spoke for revolution. And so what I see happening is that we need to see churches wake, wake up, we need to see pastors wake up and start preaching truth, not shrinking back, not worrying about butts and butts and dollars, you know, 
butts in the seats and money coming in or buildings. They need to preach the truth because you're preaching for God. You're not for men. You're mm-hmm. preaching for God. And, and that's one of the things I think that's for me has been a big thing is I, I don't preach for for men. I preach for God. I preach to men, but I don't preach for men. And I think that that's a big change that you know we're seeing happen. There was 100 pastors there in Lynchburg. And they were all passionate. They were all learning. They were all growing. Wow. And it was going back to seminary, basically, and learning the history that's been lost. So, wow, wow that that is a just a beautiful message. And uh, you know, tonight we do want to just reconfirm that as things heat up, it's it's really up to us to push back. There, there is no cavalry, cavalry coming. We are the cavalry. Um, we are. Um, assisted with Holy Spirit and with angel armies, Mm -hmm. but this nation was founded for purposes to bring, to be a city on a hill and to bring the gospel to nations. But we have to stay under our biblical principles and we have to stand up. You you made an interesting uh, statement. It was um, in order, the the two most important things, would you just say those yeah, so one of the things that they were said over and over again at this conference, you know, this training, pastor's training, was what part of your life is Christ not Lord? You know, and you need to examine that. Is there an area in your life that Christ is not Lord? And for many pastors and churches, Christ is not Lord of their schools. He's not Lord of their involvement in, in politics or government or media or sports or like like. There are seven mountains of culture, if you kind of can, you know, that have kind of come together, you know, that we look at. We see, well, Christ is Lord over all mountains of culture. So um, what part of, you know, of your life is Christ not Lord? Really being involved in government, being involved in um, taking a stand against evil in, in your schools. That is a part of holistic discipleship. Yeah. Like you can't have a belief in Christ without action. Yeah. And so one of the things they also say is, um, you know, there's, there's this really important saying, if preaching the gospel is the most important thing, and it is, if preaching the gospel is the most important thing, the second most important thing is securing and maintaining the right to preach the gospel. And if we don't fight for our rights while we have voice right now, they will be lost and they'll come to a time where we won't, won't be able to fight for them. And this is the same thing that Dietrich Bonhoeffer said to the church in, in 1930s Germany is right now the church has a moment in time where it can stop the rise of the Third wow. Reich. Its ability to influence culture right now is now. But if we don't take this moment to influence culture in the right direction, we'll lose the right. And that's exactly what happened wow. in 1930s Germany with the rise of the Third Reich and the church, you know, 12,000 or is it 6,000 pastors didn't sign mm-hmm. the declaration against the Third Reich. And they wanted to work with Hitler, and he just bowled right over them. And of course, they went to the concentration camps, anyways, even though yeah. they they pretend they didn't speak yeah. out. So yeah, and that's what happened. So so tonight on Wake the Bear, it's um, it's becoming very obvious that uh, things are heating up, but we get to be those that choose to learn to be Americans again. The things that we may have forgotten or never learned. Uh, whatever the the fact might be, we get to go back to school and relearn that so we can become a growing army that is pushing back against the tide of evil and of the deep state of one world globalism. 
Yeah. And, and I think the one interesting thing about that is that the scriptures say this as well. Um, great. You know, that there are more um, there are more of us that are in this world for God. Like there's there's the one that's in us is greater than the one that's in the world. But I, there's also this concept. I believe there are more righteous people in this nation than there are evil people. Yeah. And that it's just a matter of us gaining our voice back. You know, yeah. they, the, the globalists have control of the media. They have control of government organizations. They have control of the money. They have BlackRock and other things. But that this is the thing. They will fail because we have God on our side. And if we just fight, if we just push back, if yeah. we just resist, if we just, if all of these masses of people, 330 million people in America and all and other people around the world, if we just resist, we'll win because the amount of people at the top that are controlling it is very small and they are scared of us. They're scared of us organizing. They're scared of us yep. fighting back and they, cause they know they'll lose. So we have to take this moment to fight. Wow. Well, it's been fun tonight. And uh, so we just want to thank our listeners for um, for tuning in. And we want to say to Ron, God bless you in Malawi. And we look forward to us all being back next week. This has been Wake the Bear Radio on KSCO, 1080 on your AM dial.